this past Wednesday, most of us had opportunity to receive ashes. Depending on which minister you approached, you may have heard these words or similar ones said. Repent and believe in the gospel. Or turn away from sin and believe in the gospel. And the one I'm partial to, remember you are dust and to dust you shall return. We are now celebrating the first Sunday of Lent. And in our first reading in the book of Genesis, the first words we hear said are, Then the Lord formed the man out of the dust of the ground. There are other scripture passages that remind us of this humble reality as well. In Psalm 103, For he, God, he himself knows our form, He is mindful that we are nothing but dust. In Ecclesiastes, we hear, all came from the dust and all returned to the dust. And within the funeral rite at the cemetery, the minister reminds the faithful, for we are dust and unto dust we shall return. What's the takeaway from all of this? The takeaway is certainly not to think of ourselves as worthless or no good, We know that all God has created is good. In Genesis, God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. Not just good, but very good. I think the takeaway is this. We are not the source of our own existence. You and I have been loved into existence by a free and unmerited gift of a good and gracious God. And God continues to lovingly sustain our existence with every breath that we take and with every beat of our hearts. And when we return to the source of all goodness, our Creator, we will continue to rely on God for our eternal existence when, at the end of time, the Lord Jesus Christ will change our mortal bodies to be like His in glory, for He is risen, the firstborn from the dead which leads us to the central question, the mystery that surrounds all of life. Why does anyone have to die at all? St. Paul reminds us in our second reading in Romans, Therefore, just as through one person sin entered the world, and through sin, death, and thus death came to all, inasmuch as all have sinned. This is the serious nature of sin. It literally has deadly consequences. And we can all be tempted to downplay the seriousness of sin. We can even begin to think that anything short of murder or adultery are small sins on the entire spectrum of sin. Let us not forget, Adam and Eve didn't commit murder, nor did they commit adultery or any other sin of the flesh. But they did commit a sin so egregious that suffering and death entered into the world, so serious that everyone born since is under the same judgment. It was the same sin that brought down Satan and one-third of the angels, the sin of pride, the sin of thinking we know better than God, the sin of thinking we don't need God, the sin of telling God, as did the falling angels, I will not serve. Are we all thoroughly depressed by now? 
If this is where the story ended, then being depressed would be the appropriate response. But the story doesn't end here. There is much more, much, much more. Our loving Father in heaven refuses to let any of his children that he created not out of any need, but out of love, to remain dead in their sins, to remain separated from God's friendship. God the Father sends this fallen world a Redeemer, a Deliverer who takes on our human nature and becomes like you and me in every way except sin, to give each of us a future filled with hope, a future that takes away every punishment we truly deserve and gives us the greatest reward that we could never deserve, the reward of eternal life that is triumphantly won by the passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus doesn't save us by fiat, by a proclamation from on high. No, he saves you and me by example, by living a life of sacrificial love. And he shows us that we don't have to let temptation and evil rule over us. The first verse in today's gospel is noteworthy and can easily be missed. St. Matthew says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. And make no mistake, the temptations that afflicted Jesus in the desert were not easy. They were a challenge in his human nature. Did God intentionally lead Jesus into temptation? Yes, he did. Jesus sought out the devil and confronted evil head on. On the other hand, when Jesus teaches his disciples and us to pray the Our Father, he says, and lead us not into temptation. Let us not fall into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus absolutely shows us the way when he calls you and me to follow him. Jesus doesn't ask you and me to confront evil head on as he did. He asks you and I to avoid it to avoid it at every turn and at every cost. And like Jesus, we too must say, get away, Satan. The Lord your God shall you worship and him alone shall you serve. Which must have enraged Satan to no end when Jesus said, God shall you worship and him alone shall you serve. Recall that before Satan's fall, Satan said to God, non serviam which is Latin for, I will not serve. This is the exact opposite of what Jesus says to his disciples and to us as well. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. He is calling you and me to die to our sinful nature so that we too may rise to new life. You and I do this by not only repenting of our sins and believing in the gospel, we do it by loving God, serving others, and living the gospel.